Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Amen. 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 Well, please join me in welcoming up our lead pastor, Michael Hansen, to the stage. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Andrew. Hey, everyone. It's good to see you. Uh, It's good to be seen by those of you who are online. Hope you're uh, doing well. Um, uh, If you haven't noticed, 2022 is off and running. It's already the 8th, which is amazing to me. Christmas is just around the corner. Um, But uh, if you missed last weekend, uh, I encourage you to go online and watch that on our church website. Andrew did a wonderful job. He did our year in review talk, looking back at 2021. I thought it was excellent. It was super uh, encouraging just to look back and re- be reminded of all the sections of the Bible that we've been going through. So if you missed that, make sure you, you uh, check it out on our website. Uh, typically, we kick off the new year with a four-week series where we look at our four connects, which is like you know our mission statement. And our four connects are connect to... That's right. Uh, maybe, we, maybe we will you know, connect to God, connect to your purpose connect to the church and connect to your community. So maybe we will go, we'll come back, we'll circle back on that one. How's that? But uh, I really felt this year, um, we're going to kick it off with a different, we're going to go in a different direction. Like many of you, uh, just with all that we've been going through, uh, I've been thinking about it a lot. And, you know, it's crazy. There, there, There will be books written about what we've gone through and the, the history story of not just the nation of the planet, uh, this will be, uh, you know, this will be documented, and it just got me thinking about the uniqueness of this season, this time that we're in. And I was thinking, you know, I think the last time we went through something that was like this, sort of like this, would have been 9/11. Uh, 9/11 was a, you know, a nationally, internationally jarring uh, event that really consumed the media and, and, you know, and just the focus as a nation, and I would say, and beyond. But where these two events are different, 9-11 was really like a, you know, it was like an event, it was like a splash, but it seemed like we quickly turned a corner, right? Like we quickly moved towards recovery and, and rebuilding. But when you look at what we've been going through, COVID-19 and all the political unrest, uh, issues of race, issues of gender, just uh, cultural society changes, all that's going on in this season, like it maybe it started like a splash, but it really has turned into a chronic season of crisis. And, you know, who knows when this will end and what end even, even means. Uh, it's going to be years before we really have a handle on the cost, on the damage that's been done physically, emotionally, psych- uh, psychologically, uh, relationally, financially. And um, it's also interesting that, you know, because of 9-11, if you remember, people flooded to church after 9-11. I was working down at the big house at Vineyard Columbus, and we were packed for weeks, maybe months. I mean, it, people were back at church. Um, uh, but COVID, obviously, with, with you know, quarantine, et cetera, and distancing, COVID, though, has really moved us the other direction. I don't know any churches that haven't lost a chunk of their people. Um, I, I know one of the challenges for us at VCDC is just knowing, so who's still part of the church? And while I say that, I want to ask, if you are a member or an attender here at the Vineyard, and if you're 19 years, of, uh, eight, 19 years old or older, next week you're going to be getting an email. We're gonna, we've got a survey that we're sending out. 
Um, we'd like for you to fill that survey out. It is anonymous. Uh, if, if you're a couple, we ask that you both fill it out. Um, it's going to have a deadline on it, which means please get it done as soon as you can. It's, it's, it's quick. It's like 20 questions, mo mostly multiple choice. But uh, we'd love for you to fill that out. If you don't get our church emails, but you want to be part of that, uh, that survey, uh, drop by the info counter afterwards and, and fill out a Connect card. If you're online and you want to get in on that, uh, please go to our website and there's an online Connect card. But really, it's just it's like a church family inventory. Like, well, who's here? <laughs> you know, who's here? Or are you in? Are you are you gathering on the weekend? Like, who's online? Who and how many of you are online? Uh, what are the needs out there? What are the spiritual needs? Um, uh, uh, some of the information we get will impact future sermon series, and but just really, it's going to be very helpful to just get a sense of how the family's doing. We've been in a storm, really, for the last couple of years, and uh, and and who knows again when when that will be. Uh, when, when that'll be over. And a lot of what's driving this series really is just, there's been this, like I said, chronic shaking for us as individuals, as families, as a church family, as a nation, uh, really the planet. And, and, it's, and it's so challenging and hard in those seasons as Christians, if you call yourself a Christian, to stay the course and to, you know, to really follow, uh, you know, really hold on to the purpose we have as Christians as the church here on planet Earth. And one of the things over the last couple of years with the craziness that's been going on, I've been sent many videos, I've been given books, I've been sent podcasts, I've had lots of conversations with people who were convinced that, hey, we are in the end times. And, uh, you know, with all the crazy that's going on, I've had people ask me, hey, why aren't you teaching more on the end times, uh, you know, to the church? And, and that is a very fair question. And let me answer it or start answering it by saying this. First, I would say, well, you need to define what, what do you mean by end times? Because really, the end times started as soon as Jesus ascended back, if you're familiar with the story, when he went back up to heaven, the disciples are looking up there like, oh, and the angels, if you remember, show up and they say, hey, just the same way you saw him go, he's going to come back. And I'm sure they were like, hot dog, you know, he's coming back. It could be any week he's coming back. We better get to work. I'm, you know, they were convinced Jesus was coming back. So really the end times, and, and I don't think that's what people are saying. I think what people are saying is, do you think it's the end, end times? And uh, my honest opinion, very humble opinion, is no, I don't think it is the end, end times. Um, uh, but I, in times like this, I don't know if I would listen to me. And what I mean is, <laughs> how's that? I may as well go sit down. No, but I would listen to Jesus. I would read your Bible. I would start with Matthew 24, where Jesus makes it very clear, hey, even he doesn't know the day or the hour. And so if anyone, you know, don't be upset if somebody draws, you know, numbers out of Daniel or out of, out of Revelation and they say, he's coming back on such and such a date. Nah, sorry, not true. Because Jesus said, we don't know the day or the hour. But in Matthew 24, he also says, hey, uh, he gives us a list of signs. He gives us a list of indicators when things are heating up. So he says, you know, there'll be false messiahs, there'll be wars, famines, earthquakes, a shortage of toilet paper. There will be his, no. His followers will be persecuted. There'll be an increase of wickedness in the world. He's basically saying, hey, we don't know the day or the hour, but church, pay attention, be watchful. Be mindful, be aware of what's going on on planet Earth. So, you know, so looking back at uh, 2021, really looking back at 2020, 
uh, uh, have we not seen some of those signs? I would say, yeah, I think we have seen some of those signs that Jesus mentioned. I think, you know, just here in the U.S., there's, there's just been rapid culture change. It's, been, it's become very evident that the nation is moving away from God. And we're experiencing things, you know, struggles in the U.S. that we're not familiar with. It's like, wait a minute, stuff like this isn't supposed to happen here. It's supposed to happen in Russia. It's supposed to happen in the Middle East. It's supposed to happen in third world countries like Canada, right? But it's not, but it's not supposed to happen here. And so I totally get why people are like, wait a minute, like, are we in the end, end times? And so let me continue my answer with this. Here's something else that we need to remember to give us, uh, especially in the West, to give us some perspective on what we're going through right now. Listen to this quote. Your theological perspective might be myopic, which means short-sighted or narrow-minded, if unrest in America leads you to talk about the end times, but suffering, disease, or famine in parts of Africa does not. Now, just think about that before you text me. And again, if, uh, my name is Andrew Hudson. <laughs> what he's, he's not belittling what we've gone through or what we're going through. He's not saying it's not a big deal. But really, he's challenging us in this quote in the West, and especially if you're a Christian, he's challenging us, and he's, and he's basically saying, hey, you know, we need to consider that a good chunk of planet Earth have been experiencing what we're now experiencing and much, much, much more for generations, not just for a year and a half, for generations. And in all those nations, through all those generations, followers of Jesus, our brothers and sisters, the church have had to learn how to follow Jesus through those times. They've had to learn how to be the church through whatever storm they were experiencing. And, and I believe now it's our turn. It's our turn to learn how to be the church, how to follow Jesus through through trying times. And so that's really a lot of what's driving this series. Uh, the title of this series is Belonging. You can see there what it means to be a member of VCDC. And this series is going to take us all the way to Lent, which sounds kind of crazy. It's going to start uh, more general. We're just going to be talking about like defining the church and then moving towards more specific uh, what it looks like to be a member here, uh, here at VCDC. So let's pray and then we'll, we'll jump into this series. So Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for, uh, I, well, I love how worship, how when we sing, it just, it just stirs our hearts and our minds towards you. And I pray that you would come tonight, that you would, uh, for those online, for those in the room, that you would come close. Lord, we want to be in step with you. Whatever we're going through, we want to be in step with you. So just come, Lord, come teach us. We welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, before I get into my talk, uh, this weekend and, and for this series, we're going to be using the word member a lot, and I want to make it clear this isn't like a membership drive, you know, membership to 2022. Uh, there's no, like, financial goal behind this. We're not raising money for a hockey rink, although I think it would be awesome. Uh, it's more, as we'll see tonight, and as we'll see throughout this series, really the goal is, is, is to... It's a call to a greater level of understanding uh, and commitment to this thing that we call church. And uh, now, having said that, if you're here tonight, if you're online uh, joining us, if you're not a member, I do want to invite you, like Vicki was saying, to join us 
uh, Saturday the 15th for our Vision and Values class. Um, Andrew and I will be there. We'll, we'll give you our spiel, our sales pitch. No, it's not a sales pitch, but we'll share with you about the church. And then if you want to become a member, that's, that's the class you take to become a member. So this series is going to have an anchor scripture and it's going to have an anchor quote. Here's the scripture. Romans 12, 4 says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. That's the scripture. Here's the quote. Church is not something we go to, but something we belong to. It's not something we go to, but something we belong to. So, uh, again, I'm starting off more general. And really, uh, my goal this weekend is to start by defining church, which is really easy. I've got like 20 minutes or so to go. I think I could do that. But, but uh, I, what I'm going to do, I think this will be helpful, is I'm going to focus in in defining church on a super helpful picture that the Bible gives us many times in the Bible. And uh, that picture, that image is our first point. So how do you define the church? Point number one is the church is simply a body. The church is a body. And I know looking out, I know most of the faces in this room and uh, looking at the camera, I recognize the camera. But uh, so I know that that's a familiar, but, but stay with me on this, okay? So that's a very helpful picture image in defining uh, the church. Let me paraphrase that, that Romans passage. Like just like the human body is one body with many parts. So the church in defining the church is also one body made up of many different parts. And in the case of the church, the different parts are people. You're nervous. Ooh, people, it's us, it's you, it's, it's me. Okay, well, that's good we're doing this. Okay, and so why is that image of the church being a body, why is that so important? Like, like why should that have impact or really uh, have weight in the way that we view uh, in the way that we value this thing called church? Well, simply, it's, it's, it, it's, it tells us that as for us to be a healthy church, we need each other. We need each other. We need to be connected. Just as, just as like, you know, like a body needs each part in order to be healthy, in order to function, the church is the same we need each other. We need to be connected to each other in order to be a healthy church, in order to be a healthy functioning body. Here's some scripture from 1 Corinthians 12, driving this point home. If the whole body were an eye, well, where would the sense of hearing be? We need every part. If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. That's such a helpful picture just in, in understanding this thing called church that you know what it means to be a member of the church it means it means that you are part of one body and in this body every part is necessary every and it's necessary that every part is connected uh, let me again say that quote church is not something we go to but something we belong to 
Church is not the building. It's the people. The church is not a location. It's a gathering of people. You can lock the doors on a building. You cannot lock the doors on the church because the church is, the church is a body, one body made up of many different parts where every part, every part is necessary. I, when I was uh, five years old, I was playing a game with one of my brothers and it, it was an accident and he crushed the, on my left hand, he crushed the tip of my middle finger and uh, it had to be amputated, right? And, and you look at it, I don't know if you can see it, I don't want to gesture to sort of help you, but I'm kind of, no, okay. But it's just, a, it's, it's the top joint, it's a tiny piece of my body, it's tiny. But there are many times where I am very aware that I'm missing a piece of my finger. When I was a kid, I learned to play the saxophone. If you've, you know, any instrument that's like, there's some of those notes that just were tricky. To this day, when I play the guitar, there's some chords, I go to try them out, it's like, ooh, not, like it's like not gonna happen. Uh, with this hand, I often, I go to grab something or I go, and, I, and I'll either fumble it or I'll knock it over. Like on a weekly basis, I would say in my body, I'm very aware that I am missing a piece of my body. And you know exactly where I'm going with this, but like how much more, or what is the impact when the pieces of this body are missing? Now, if you're online and you're at home watching online because of health issues, et cetera, COVID and all this stuff, I'm not, don't take this as a heavy, right, for you. But if you're online and you've just gotten out of the habit of coming to church, well, don't take it as a heavy, but I am talking to you, right? We need you. We need every part of the body to be connected because, you know, really God alone knows the level of loss or the level of handicapping to the body of Christ because, the, because of the missing pieces. I think God, of course God knows. I think the enemy also has some idea of the, the damage to a body that has missing parts. Like, I mean, just consider like all that we've been going through. And, and, and again, with this, in this, within the context of the church being one body, a connected body, like what is the primary work of the enemy over the last year and a half? What has been the primary focus? Has it not been to, to divide, hasn't it? Like he's working overtime, right? To divide, to, to amputate if he can. Like to totally, you know, do damage to the body in, in, in an attempt it's his attempt to so divide the body that it starts to stumble and starts to be unhealthy. Again, that's his attempt. Uh, one of his greatest weapons, one of the primary sources, I believe, of the division has been something that's called individualism. Here's a, here's a definition. Individualism is a social theory advocating the liberty, rights, or independent action of the individual the pursuit of individual interests rather than common or collective interests. Now, I think it's accurate to say that individualism started back in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve said to God, nah, we're not gonna do what you said, we're gonna do what we wanna do, right? So that's where, that's where it, it, it poisoned the system. But you know, as you, as you look back on you know, just world history and different cultures, the norm, I would say, I hope this makes sense, for humanity has really been more looking out for we more than me. 
And what I mean is, you know, you look back, you know, over history, decisions were primarily, uh, uh, primarily, uh, what am I trying to say here? Decisions were based on, I'm sorry, what is best for the family, right? Historically, decisions were based on what is best for the village, what is best for, you know, for the, the community. There really was more of a we mentality over a me mentality. And so, and so here's, a, here's a simple example. In my parents' generation, they, uh, they would gather around the radio to have an experience together as a family, right? In my generation, we would plop ourselves in front of the TV as a family to watch. You know, we had three channels to watch something, right? And uh, uh, again, the focus was on we over me. We were experiencing something together. Now, simple example, but now, just consider with all the technology, with smartphones, etc. typically everyone's off in their own corner watching what they want to watch. We're all off on our own experiencing what, you know, what we want to experience. And so individualism really looks at life through the lens of, well, what do I want to do? What's going to make me happy? Like, like uh, what's in this for me? How will this impact me? Like, would you not agree that that mindset is rampant in, in our culture? And, and another ism that follows right after individualism is consumerism. And basically, consumer is, uh, well, I'll be loyal to you, such and such store or, you know, such and such <clears throat> restaurant. I'll be loyal to you as long as you're supplying me with what I want. But if I can find it cheaper or better or more exciting somewhere else, later, Gator, I'm out of here. That's, that's consumerism. Now, what happens when individualism and consumerism enter into our understanding, our expectation, our definition of church? Well, just imagine if, your bo- if the parts of your body decided to just think about themselves, right? That's an unhealthy body. That's an unhealthy church. Let me say this quote one more time. Church is not something we go to, but something we belong to. And I would say that the Bible teaches, the Bible would even go further than just belonging. I think the Bible would say that the parts of the body that we have a responsibility towards each other. We have a responsibility to, you know, to really to, uh, uh, to value, to, to value the church, the family, the body over ourselves, that it would be a priority in our lives. It's that, you know, God, I, th- I believe what he wants to do is give us a growing understanding and conviction that for you to be connected to the body, as we gather, you know, like on the weekends, as we gather in small groups throughout the week, that, the, that you and I would have a growing understanding and conviction that, uh, that this is important, not just for my own health, but for the health of the body. It's, it's a growing understanding and conviction of we over me. So, you know, so how are we doing in, in that area or in the area of belonging? And, uh, you know, I actually think when I think of VCDC, I think, I think this is a strength for us. So you can relax, the room is getting a little tense. Uh, but statistics would say that for the last 10 plus years, and I would say more, Church attendance in America, church attendance in the West has been on a steady decline. It's just going down. And I just finished reading a book called Rediscover Church. It was written last year. 
and, and just reflecting on COVID, they said in the book, at least a third of church attenders in the United States have not returned to their churches. A third. Like, like that's a chunk of the body, would you, wouldn't you say? We're not talking just a little bit here. We're talking like my arm and my leg are, are missing. And so that could sound uh, uh, pretty bleak, right? And, and what I'm not saying is, so the future for the church in America is, you know, we are destined to be unhealthy, sick, dysfunctional, etc. That is not true. And, he, and here's why that is not true. Because when I say that the, the church is a body, I don't just mean any body. Our second point is this. The church is his body. It's his body. The church is the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ, and that changes everything. Romans 12, our our anchor verse says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Here's another helpful scripture, Colossians 1.18, and he... Jesus is the head of the body, which is the church. He is the beginning. He is the first to be raised from the dead. That happens so that he would be far above everything. Like, we're not just any body. We are the body of Christ. Where all these different parts were joined together with Jesus as the head. And just think of your own body, the significance of the head. Like, I'm doing okay without this, but if you cut my head off, if my head was amputated as a kid... Well, I probably wouldn't be up here right now, right? I mean, like, because this is the brain center. This is, you know, what basically leads the body. And so really what that's saying with Jesus as the head is that he is leading his body here on earth as we walk out his, his mission here on earth. And so what does that mean then in the context of belonging? Well, here's what it means. It means that it's impossible to be in Christ or it's impossible to say you're a follower of Jesus. It just, it, it doesn't make sense to say you're a Christian and not belong to others. Like there's, the, there's no, there's just no such thing as a lone ranger, it's just Jesus and me, Christian. That is not biblical, right? Uh, it's impossible to be in Christ and then to avoid his people. It's impossible to, to say that you love Christ, but to hate his people. It's impossible to serve Christ and then not serve his people. We are his body. Jesus is the head. And and just consider this. Jesus is connected to, he's in tune with the body, with us, the same way that your head is connected to, in tune with your body. And what what I mean is this. Like, remember the story? There's a story back in uh, Acts chapter 9 where Paul, uh, you know, Paul, he's a prominent preacher. He's a prominent church planter in the New Testament. He's basically telling his story. And like, I was you know, raised a Pharisee. I was a teacher of the law. I was a total zealot. And uh, he's talking about how uh, he was going around uh, and he was out. uh, His goal in life was to destroy this pagan sect that was known as the way. That was the early church, the followers of Jesus. And he's, you know, he's going on about how I would drag them out of their houses and I'd drag them, you know, away from their families. And, you know, he'd beat them up. I'd throw them in prison. I would even kill some of them, Paul said. And then it says this in Acts chapter 9, it says, As he, Paul, neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. 
He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, his name used to be Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Now, I wonder if Paul, and I doubt it because I'm sure he was freaked out, but I wonder if he ever thought, well, 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 wait a minute, you know, bright light in the sky? I'm not persecuting you. I'm persecuting them. I'm going after that upstart group of people. I'm, I'm persecuting them. And to that, basically, Jesus is saying, hey, Paul, them is me. Like that upstart group is my body. And what he's implying is, there's another quote, the relationship between Jesus and his people is so tight that what you do to them, you do to him. Now just let that sink in. That, that really challenges me in, the, in my view of the church. So that means like how I treat you is how I treat Jesus and how we treat each other. Because this, this is the body of Christ. It's not Vineyard Church, Delaware County. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is the body of Christ. And, you know, and, when I, and understand, I mean, I just think this is profound. And I don't, well, I don't understand it, but it's so profound. Because when Jesus says he's the head and we're his body, he's not meaning that like an, as allegorically. Like, so, the, you know, basically he's painting a picture of that God is a little bit aware of us, that sometimes he thinks about us. No, I mean, the same way, again, that my head my, is in tune with my body. Jesus is the same. And, and, and so much more. And that reality is the truth that not only gives me hope, but gives me great confidence, really gives me excitement and, and great expectation for the church in America, whatever comes our way. Because church, look who's in charge of us. Jesus is the head of the church. And wasn't it Jesus who said, I, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are in really good hands as whatever, whatever is coming our way. Why don't we have the worship team come on back? I want to end off with a challenge uh, for today, but also for this series. You know, we have a saying in the vineyard. It's this, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. And that basically says, hey, are you looking for hope? Uh, you are welcome here. Come on in. But understand that, you know, there's a good chance God's probably going to want to do some work in your life and, and make you more into the man, the woman that he's made you to be. And I am convinced in, in, in this, as we get into a new year and in this season, that part of the building of his church is, is what, we're, what I'm talking about tonight. What we'll be talking about in this series is, is really giving us a very new understanding of what it means to be the church. When I look at this, you know, I'm not really concerned about him as in Jesus. When I consider this building process, I'm more concerned about us. I'm more concerned about the parts of the body. Will we respond to the head when it sends a message, if, if you're tracking with me? Like, like I, I think moving forward, like, like that responding to the head means, like, are we willing to lay down our individualism? Are we willing to lay down our consumerism? Are we willing to lay down our past hurt, church hurts? Or at least start maybe to, to deal with those hurts? Are we uh, willing to lay down our understanding of church? 
Sort of like the, like the uh, remember the story, I believe the Father, I believe, but help my unbelief? It's like, well, I think I know what it means to be part of a church, but, but I don't think I do know. So will you, will you teach me? And here's one of the wonderful things about God is that he is able to take a group of very different people from lots of different backgrounds, from you know, different ethnicities, different educations, different political beliefs and opinions, and on and on and on. Like only God is able to take a group like us and to do his work, to, you know, to teach us not how to just put up with each other, but to actually love each other, to really learn how to, uh, to belong to each other. And understand, church, uh, our belonging to each other, you know, this putting we over me, and really it's putting he over we over me, if you will. Uh, uh, this is so important because it really is our primary evangelistic tool. And what I, mean is, what I mean is the church loving each other is the gospel made visible to the world. Like whatever, whatever darkness is to come, our, our brightest light to the world will be how we treat each other and how we love each other. And what John 13, 34 says this, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, will it, uh, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Why don't we stand up? Uh, very fittingly, we're going to end off by taking communion together. If you don't have your uh, communion cup, they're available at the front and the back. Feel free to go get that right now. <clears throat> but it's so fitting that we're taking uh, communion together because it's when we take communion that we are celebrating, we're celebrating the body of Christ. Uh, we're celebrating his his body being broken so that this body could be made whole, could be united. So I'll make sure where we at here. Once you've got that, I'll lead us through communion. Okay, here's what it says. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. Let's take the cup. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.